0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of FedWatch. My name is Ansel Lindner, and this is the macro show about Bitcoin. Today, we have a banger of, of an episode lined up with the most requested repeat guest on the show, Tom Luongo. Tom, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Ansel. Thank you for the uh, invite. And uh, thanks to all the listeners who wanted to have me back. It's great. It's cool.
0: Yeah, you are probably one of my favorite writers right now. I, I just think that is you have very entertaining pros and you have... Uh, a refreshing narrative, a refreshing view. So we're going to dive all into that today. Sure. But before we get started, let's have a real short obligatory bio. And then can you tell us what's going on with uh, Gold Goats and Guns, please?
1: Sure. So I am Tom Luongo. I'm the proprietor or publisher of Gold Goats and Guns, which is both a blog, a podcast, and a monthly newsletter, Patreon service, um, where I you know, marry geopolitics and markets and Culture war and all the rest of it to try and make sense of what's going on, and eventually get people a coherent kind of investment thesis to uh, to you know make sense of all this and try and survive it. So that's what I do. Awesome.
0: Okay, and I, I listen to all of your stuff. I listen to probably every episode within a day that it's released, and uh, read all of your articles uh, hmm. that both are syndicated on Zero Hedge and uh, on your blog. There, hmm. um, are you? Can you tell us? Are you as bearish as everybody else? I think that right now it, everyone seems to be doom and gloom. There's huge recession coming. The Fed is making a mistake. Uh, there's war. China's collapsing. Are you as bearish as everyone else, or do you think we might be kind of oversold here, um, at, le- at least for the United States? This is a really good question,
1: and I was looking at because you sent me this stuff as a as the outline beforehand. I'm like mulling these questions over, and I'm like, these are going to be fun. Um, I'm not as bearish as most, at least on the United States. I I think that at the end of the day, I think the Fed is um, not as serious. And I've been saying this for a while now, that the Fed is serious, that they have, they are staring at an existential threat, just like everybody else is staring at existential threats. Russia is staring at one with NATO and Ukraine. Um... Europe is staring at one with you know Hungary saying no to whatever it is they want to go go, go forward with. The neocons in Washington are staring at at an existential threat to their Mackinder Heartland theory that they, you know they and the and the Brits have been you know concocting for 200 years. Like there's all of this stuff. Everything seems to be coming to a head all at once. It's almost like a boil. Right on your backside, and it's like it's at maximum, and everybody's got maximum pain right now, and so and that includes you know the 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 what I would call Davos, right? Who is also staring at an unprecedented pushback against their policy of their Great Reset and all the rest of it. It's hard to see it all because it's kind of bits and pieces, and well, this one's pushing back a little bit, and this group's pushing back a little bit. Bitcoin exists, but it's in a bear market, and blah 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 blah. So it's hard to get your wrap your brain around all of it but let's just make it simple. They're pushing as hard as possible to rob you of your reason, as um, Murray Rothbard would put it, that there's been nothing but a systemic attack on all safe haven assets in the last month, two months. Are we going to argue with this? Like Bitcoin got, um, uh, got, re- got repulsed of breaking out above 46 grand a few weeks ago. I told my patrons, watch that bar, that weekly close carefully. It's bad. We're now you know, down in the 29s. This is where we are. Um, gold challenged its all-time high. it got quashed. The Fed comes out with the first 50 basis point rate hike in history uh, you know in 20, over twenty years, and everybody is finally going, "Oh my God, maybe they're serious because I mean, before the Fed has even raised interest rates, everybody's like, well, when are they going to stop raising interest rates? Like have you ever thought that maybe the Fed's like gonna keep raising interest rates, and maybe they have an incentive to do so so in light of that, I really have to say that I look at the situation in the world today and I go, who's the sick man at the table? Who's the most vulnerable to this conditions that we have today and the things that have been unleashed that no amount of central bank policy can change, which is rising inflation, uh, rising commodity prices, loss of institutional um, confidence by people, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's Europe is Europe continue has Europe been wiped out of all, of all of its capital? I don't think so. Not when German 10-years are trading at 1%, right? Not when Italian 10-years are still trading at a at, at a premium to American 10-years, like because the ECB hasn't ended QE yet. Like no, there's trillions of dollars in capital that are stuffed overseas either in mattresses in the form of $100 bills or on balance sheets in, you know, on investment portfolios around the world. And at some point, that money is going to flow somewhere. And where is it going to flow? Like, it's got to flow to the US. Because as we're setting up for a, a hot war in Ukraine, a wider hot war in Ukraine, who's in the crosshairs? It certainly isn't New York, but is it Warsaw? I mean, who's more likely to get attacked by the Russians at this point, New York or Warsaw? If I'm capital and capital does not like to doesn't like to deal with uncertainties like this, those are big tail risks. Well, they're only gonna fly to the United States. Now that's to say that the United States markets aren't overvalued, they are, that the property markets here aren't overvalued, they are. All of that stuff, and and that the dollar isn't even somewhat overvalued, it is, but that doesn't matter in the short run. What matters in the short run is that everybody's gonna like freak out, and that's why the dollars were rising. It's why. The euro is falling for it, among other reasons. And it's why the yen is getting killed, the pound is getting killed, and everything else is getting killed. So I'd watch very carefully for a technical breakout on the USDX on the quarterly chart this quarter above 104. If we close above 104 in the USDX, we're going 125, 130. When I say this to professional money managers like who, who I've chatted with, they just look at me like I got four like I got four hits. I'm like, well, where else do you think it's gonna go? If we're ginning up a war, where else do you think this is going to go? We're going to go to $200 barrel oil. The Fed can't stop inflation with raising interest rates when the inflation is of the cost push or supply chain broken um, variety. Keynesians will tell you are only obsessed with the demand side of the curve, not the supply side of the curve. Demand side, yeah, when you've got demand pull, it's easy. You know, you cut back, you raise the cost of money and, and you shut people's access to capital off and you pull the economy off. When the economy's poor and everybody's scrambling around trying to find that next pound of copper, I got news for you. Interest rates don't matter. Rising interest rates are then a function of loss of confidence, not of the Fed trying to, you know, cool off an overheating economy. They're following the markets, right? And the markets are leading the, 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 the charge here. So I'm a, I'm a bear on debt. Eventually I will be a bull once this initial rush into cash because everybody's scared is over and then i'll be a bull hyper bull on all things tangible gold silver bitcoin you know real estate to a greater or lesser extent commodities blah blah blah, blah.
0: yeah we agree uh, perfectly there with europe being the the sick old man in the room and warsaw or poland that's like the fastest growing economy in europe over the last 10 years and right. they're like the most vulnerable so the growth engine of europe is the one on the border
1: What's in, what's interesting? Because I just literally read an article, a little short blurb over on RT. Right? I know I, I I read I read Russian I read Russian propaganda, but the Russian propaganda is telling side is telling you that now the recent economic surveys out of Poland, which you'll never hear out of the Financial Times, are that Poles can't make ends meet either. Okay, that inflation is killing the Poles, that they're having trouble, like, and we haven't even gotten started yet. And now they want to what? They're going to buy U.S. natural gas, the liquefied natural gas at three times the price as Russian pipe gas. Good luck with that. I turn on those coal plants if I were you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so um, you touched there on the Fed being kind of impotent right now uh, in this situation. Um, And also that you don't think the Fed, you think the Fed is serious, that they're not going to, you know, be the Fed put once again on the market, mm-hmm. but do you see them going the whole time uh, this year raising rates? Um, and what would be the reason for that? If we're, you know, the the U.S. economy is prints of second quarter GDP that's way negative, and everybody is screaming about recession. Um, is this going to be a, kind of a confidence game for the Fed? What what's your take on them going forward?
1: So Keynesians, let's just let's let's back up for a second. So Keynesians tell you that that. We have a a, a savings dearth, right? And so they they want us to raise rates. They want to do counter-cyclical stuff. You can't raise rates now. You got the Austrians saying that the Fed is trapped, right? Well, at some point, like in the 1970s, Paul Volcker kept raising interest rates after Arthur Burns started the process. Everybody talks about Paul Paul Volcker raised interest rates, but people forget that Arthur Burns raised interest rates to 11% before he left office. And then Volcker took over and raised it to 19 or 20%, right? Everybody forgets this. So Powell's kind of there's been like two phases of Powell. There's been the original push to raise interest rates aggressively, and then the Corona apocalypse, which forced him back to the zero bound. And now we're back to you know we're back to you know hardcore Powell again, wanting to raise interest rates. Powell understands that the Fed has to not only shrink its balance sheet and provide that the, those those Treasuries back to the market because there's a dearth of there's a dearth of high quality collateral out there in the repo markets because no one wants European debt as. Um, collateral repo collateral no one no the only marginal buyer of European sovereign debt is the ECB so when that stops everything everything explodes to the upside so Lagarde is talking about doing that at the beginning of Q3 good luck with that Christine i I, I hope you uh I, I hope that goes well for you I think the Fed is at I am think the Fed is serious I think they will continue to raise rates well the euro dollar futures curve is saying they're going to raise rates until June of 2023 I think the euro dollar futures curve is smoking crack. I think they're going to do it until the end of 2024 or at the end of, 20, end of 2023 and remind everybody who the big dog at the table is. You can taper a Ponzi scheme when you're the biggest Ponzi and all the other little Ponzis can get destroyed.
0: So you think they're going scorched earth?
1: I think they have to go scorched earth. I think if they want to re- retain their position as the world's most important central bank, And to bleed off this this impetus by a bunch of of crazy European technocrats, I mean communists, from destroying central banking and destroying the very very important and powerful commercial banking interest in the United States, the single most powerful lobbying group in the United States, then I think you have to destroy Europe. And I think geopolitically, there's support for that. There's politically the support for that on Capitol Hill because the neocons hate Europe. They want Europe to fight their war for them against Russia. Um, so that tracks. You've got Davos wants to de-industrialize Europe and rebuild it and actually deindustrialize the world. If they can't win, then they don't want anybody to win, which is really the the way they're prosecuting this right now but at the same time you have some of their which is very interesting that i figured that was the case and then all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks we've seen italy germany and france all scream for a ceasefire in ukraine which is a kind of way of them saying okay look we we can't do this oh well maybe somebody's finally starting to improvise because they were never able to beat the fed and they were never able to really beat the decentralized nature of u.s federalism to keep the American economy from completely collapsing by centralizing it in, in Washington, and you know, governors like DeSantis and Abbott and a few others have been able to break the COVID tyranny, which was important in this process. So now we have the Fed is serious about wanting to raise interest rates because if you bring if you force you know uh, European rates back to parity or where they should be, trading at um, trading at a deficit to i mean they should be trading you know at a deficit to us yields i'm sorry but i think italian 10 years should be trading at 8% if the if us 10 years is trading at 3% i think that's reasonable i think anybody who looks at the markets thinks that's reasonable and yet it's trading at what two it's, it's ridiculous it's fundamentally ridiculous but that's what has to happen in order for this to but at some point there comes a point where you have to prove that to the ecb that they don't have an unlimited They don't have an unlimited checkbook and they can go bankrupt. And so the Fed is attacking the gold price at the same time because that destroys the ECB's balance sheet because they mark their gold to market. Okay. They're attacking, the Davos is attacking Bitcoin and stable coins because they're desperate to to try and usher in their central bank digital currencies. Right. You've got Gensler doing his job over at the SEC. You've got everybody, like you've got all these flying monkeys running around doing various things. And they're all like, you know, they're all, operating their individual fiefdoms and the whole thing is a mess but at the center of it all is jerome powell quietly going dudes we're raising interest rates get over it and we're going to do that and we have to liquidate the malinvestment we have 14 years worth of malinvestment since the end of 2008 to get rid of thanks to qe and you know various forms of qt we have to get rid of it and i mean between zoltan pozar's notes about how you can't you can't solve the current problems um, in the you know, you can't solve this current crisis with, with, with interest rates. So the Fed's not solving those problems with interest rates. The Fed's solving a different problem, which is a, a completely insane political power grab using what tools it has available to it, and let the chips fall where they may on t- as far as the economy is concerned, because we need a recession in, in the United States. But at the same time, we also are going to be the recipient of capital flow, which from the, the rest of the world, which is going to go through a massive inflationary depression. And we should see some of that mitigated. Whether or not the Dow rallies from here or not is irrelevant. I think the US markets are going to outperform, even if it's a general bear market. I don't have a, I don't have a crystal ball on that. I can see the Dow going to 50,000. I can see the Dow going to 25,000. But I can also see the, the German DAX going to 3,000 or German rates going to 12%. Take your pick. Okay. That's what I, so, you know, you could see a, a 90% washout in European assets and a 40% washout in American assets, and American assets are winning. And right. I could see another 20% drop or 30% drop in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin would still be winning. Or gold could drop another 150 bucks and it would still be winning because it's only losing 9% from where it's currently trading. Right. So it, it, it's all relative, it's about purchasing power. You know, it's about it's about the value of what you can get for the money and the assets that you have relative to other the value of other assets. Even though we can either hyper deflate or hyper inflate, the two sides of the same coin. Take your pick.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the things that is just fascinating about your analysis is that you can have rising rates from the Fed, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily uh, stock market bearish because of all the capital inflows that will be coming into the united states u.s stock market bearish yeah u.s stock markets. yeah let's let's be
1: let's be clear about that
0: yeah not to Um, say that
1: like i don't think the chinese markets aren't going to also do well okay because china's already gone through a massive bear market in in large caps once they open up the economy again once they stop playing games with with um with mucking with supply chains to create even stronger inflation here in the united states to support russia's war in ukraine once they open the country back up again and they actually start like letting goods move because it's kind of the Chinese version of like soft capital controls. It's a horrible and it's horrific and it's all those things. And don't get me wrong, I have zero tolerance for it morally, but I'm just, you know, I'm just putting on my, 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 my sociopathic, um, <laughs> you know, political analyst hat here. Like I'm just, I'm just analyzing things, you know, dispassionately.
0: Getting so, into the heads of a crazy person. Yeah, okay, getting um, into the heads of psychopaths. So Wall Street now. Um, I also like how you frame that Wall Street is kind of re- uh, revolting against the Davos crowd, you know, that would include the ECB. So there is like this fractal uh, fraction between central banks, if you will. Sure. Now, do you do you think that the uh, just this news that we got over the last, I think, forty eight hours of the EU now, a lot of companies there folding to the the rubles for gas stuff, mm-hmm. is that also some sort of revolt of their uh, capitalist class against the globalists. Would you see it, it like that?
1: It could be. There's. I see. Here's the problem. This. 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 Now it starts to get really complicated. Now the web gets really complicated because now you got to f- now you got to factor in geopolitics. Now you got to factor in whether or not they're going to whether or not they're trying to figure out a way to get what you know what's their priority at this point. They got multiple priorities. They want to you know they want to transfer. They want to consolidate power you know, in Europe and then transfer all the, to the WHO and then from there transfer all the power to the UN. That's their like big goal with the central bank digital currencies and, and mass surveillance and Orwell on steroids and all that, and all the rest of it, right? But here's the, the problem. Think about a situation. Europe cannot be completely destroyed if they want to do this. Their power center is in Europe. So they well they want to bring Europe low and they want to deindustrialize it a bit and you know rebuild it in I don't know the hydrogen economy which is really dumb or really dumb or um, whatever it is that they want to do whatever the whatever fart sniffing s- idiotic idea they come up with while they're drinking Swiss coffee and e- eating ch- and Swiss chocolates over at Davos but they come up with while well, the while well, the money managers are all in the bar going what's wrong with these people oh right inbreeding got it okay now um, so. Are they breaking with this because they just know that they have to try and salvage something because they've lost the war, the all the battles to take the to to destroy the U.S. Because they have, they've lost all the battles to destroy the U.S. The Democrats are going to get wiped out. The Feds in control, Wall Street's in control of the Fed. They've got, for the most part, they've got spending under control, um, on in Congress, right? So, but but the only thing they can get through is some for is some spending bills for Ukraine. They Can't get built back better. Six and a half trillion dollars. They got 40 billion dollars in weapons from Ukraine, which is mostly a slush fund for the DNC and a cover up, you know, of all their malfeasance. And maybe the last a little bit of money they get out the door before they're all, you know, shown the pasture, which is where they all belong. Somebody please knock Pelosi's teeth out and throw them in the field so she can go wander going looking for them so we don't have to listen to her talk in public anymore. That would be fantastic. Um, so. My my problem with that, I know. I'm I'm I am trying to like. I am trying to keep this entertaining at the very least, (laughs) right? So, I think that the gas for rubles thing is very interesting because it is fueling a weaker Europe. Right, and a weaker yen, and a weaker pound, and even a weaker dollar versus the euro, ultimately. But again, at the same time, the ruble is not quite a free market yet. They still have to remove capital controls and all the rest of it. But they are doing a bang up job of reminding everybody that we have the Russians that we have a doom loop to destroy the value of the the trading value of the euro, the the exchange rate of the euro. Right? You got to send us. You got to take. You got to buy rubles from us at whatever price we come up with. And then we don't take the we convert them in the ruble, send them into the Russian, send them into the Russian economy, leave the the euros on the outside of it, which we then dump. Most likely, we'll dump them on Turkey, so that Turkey can get out out from underneath their their net foreign capital pro, uh, you know a deficit, which is massive. Um, which is why Erdogan, by the way, is against Finland and Sweden going into into the EU into NATO because he's got a line with which to to you know launder Russian profit oil profits he's got a scheme to launder russian oil profits to the turkish economy it's brilliant I like i so i don't know like davos is in a they're starting to improvise right on their plan and they're really bad at it and so you're getting a lot of really mixed messages here about what's going on but gas for rubles is absolutely something that is could be accelerating the the split Because before this war started, I said, look, what they really want here is they want a European independent foreign policy from the Americans and the Brits. Well, how do you do that? You force into the open that the Brits and the Americans are the ones fomenting the war with Russia. You make the Europeans look like the victims here. And then the Europeans eventually go, look, we just want to walk away and we'll we'll have, you know, and we'll militarize for ourselves. We'll break, we'll break NATO. You know, we'll go or separate, we'll create the EU army and we'll have our own foreign policy and we'll break with them over Russia. And I always expected that to happen without there being a full fledged war. And then Putin invaded because Putin obviously got information which said, no, they're actually in cahoots together and they want to destroy everything and take us over. And that's why he invaded the way he did. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not passing moral judgment on what Putin did here. But that was clearly his strategic move, and what he felt was in a strategic interest. If you watch what everything that's been happening since then, it looks like the that the people within Davos that we know to be Davos controlled within the European Union are trying to resurrect that same end by asking for getting Draghi to go to Biden and ask for a ceasefire for. For Scholes to try and talk with Putin, all this you can see the beginnings of it. While the Brits keep showing up and putting the kibosh on any um, ceasefire agreements, Europe keeps trying to create a ceasefire agreement. It's environment while the Brits go over and go no, and Boris Johnson shows up at the last minute and says, you know, no nope, sorry, Vladimir, you do that, and we're going to and we're going to release the pictures of you with the little boys or whatever it is that they've got on them. And that's and I think that that's the the scenario and. And then you have the neocons, the crazy neocons in Washington who actually think that they can, that the Ukrainians can beat the Russians, and that's just, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's just, that, that's just crazy talk. But you know, I don't know. I, there are people who disagree with me on this, but I just think that's crazy talk. I think the Russians have been fighting this war with one hand tied behind their back, and uh, at some point they're going to take that other hand off, and uh, they're going to turn you, they're going to turn a lot of Ukraine into a parking lot, and that's going to be, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be disgusting. And it's yet another way that Putin keeps saying, Well, oh, by the way, I could be doing worse. Hey, why don't we why why don't we settle on why don't we do some peace? Hey, why don't we end this? He's been doing this for eight years with these people and they don't listen. So he knows where this ends. And I know yeah. where this ends. And you know, at some point, I think what he's trying to do is run the clock out and hope that political turmoil in Europe and the United States and Britain overthrows these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that lessens the, and then you play the war of attrition to hope that you can you can get rid of you can hope that the political revolution occurs in the West that keeps that from happening, which is yes. why they keep fending off the, all the false flag things that the Brits keeps trying to set off.
0: Yeah, I think they're they're uh, slow rolling it and yes. they're winning. So why do they need to really get it over quickly if they are just imp- inflicting so much pain on the the euro and their, the pain on the nato alliance because now with uh turkey blocking finland and sweden there seems to be some you know angst going on from within nato so um i think that yeah if he's winning why why get it over quickly why not drag it out
1: well and yeah and this is the, and this defies this defies military convention certainly um and i'm not saying that it's the best way to do this I think there are other ways to have done this. And I think the best, what we could have really hoped for was that they had plan A was really to take Kiev in a show of you know, shock and awe and end the concept of the Ukrainian state in 24 hours or 48 or 72 hours. That's what they should have done. And that would put us in a much different place than we're in today. We're in a much more dangerous place today because the Russians didn't do that. And that's, you know, that's fair cop, man. And, and any pro-Russian um, uh, commentator that gets angry with me for saying that, um, sorry, do the math and do the calculus of, the, uh, of the, the responses that you've seen from NATO and the United States since then. Be honest about what their capabilities are and how much money and material and weapons they can bring to bear and what their psychology is. And I got news for you. Like, it's bad. Because this thing brings us to DefCon One, yeah, before it ends, and then it's up to us
0: to stop that from happening. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, um, no worries,
1: no worries. I was like, mostly gone
0: done. okay. There you go. So the yeah, with this gas for rubles, that's kind of I think one of these uh, dominoes, and then the Dumbass looks like it could be getting encircled. The northern Dumbos area could be getting encircled right now, and that wrapping up in the next week or two. I just kind of feel like. If the if Europe is losing so badly, um, they might it might just fall out of the headlines, just like COVID seemed to fall out of the headlines. Um, what what would be what would we be looking at next then if those the, these things uh, just kind of get swept under the rug?
1: Well, the Democrats are staring at a at a at a, a, a real uh, wipeout, and I mean like complete destruction in November. Um, every attempt that they have made to cre- create a positive narrative surrounding joe biden and surrounding their uh their 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 traditional you know uh, issue system has failed roe versus wade has already failed on i know they're going to try and turn that into a you know a summer of, of righteous anger by somebody i'm not sure but you know i guess the elizabeth warrens of the in the united states are all going to you know i don't know burn down i i i don't know um Levittown or whatever maybe I, I just pick a suburb of choice you know they're going to they're going to want burn down rochester or you know i you know pick you know uh, so like uh, that's that's no that's not going to work they haven't been able to um they haven't been able to lever that up they haven't been able to um to turn us into rapidly anti russians who want to all go sign up for the army and go fight in ukraine that has clearly has not worked everybody's staring at six dollar gallon of gasoline and potential food shortages and diesel shortages and this that and everything else and i got news for you i'm sorry but politically no one wants to after all of this covid after all of these lockdowns and all this disruption to our lives and everything else all the psychological and physical and emotional damage that has been done by these freaking people the last thing anybody's going to want to do is have is going to go through any privation over a bunch of ukrainian nazis whether you think that that's overblown russian propaganda or not it's been effective enough that it's it's real and you know credit the russians for actually winning that part of the the, uh the pr war and and they're usually really bad at it by the way because they like they usually tend to deal in facts and facts are just you know not nearly not usually emotional enough for people like, it's just, you know, why why, can, why why stop a really good emotional argument with, with facts? It just doesn't, you know, don't cloud the issue with facts, right? I think the midterms are, are, are a lot. I think they're a very important turning point in the story. And you can see how everyone is positioning for it. And the wild card everybody should be looking at with the Fed pulling back on interest rates. So again, I think they're not, the Fed's not just trying to destroy Europe. They're just trying to destroy the coup that exists in Washington, D.C., It's Davos that is the problem. Okay. You have to get rid of their political power, and you do that by destroying their. The, the, the groups that they have under their thumb. And you can clearly see Davos trying to shift their support to the, Demo- to the Republicans, to the Mitch McConnell wing, or what I like to call the GOPE, the GOP establishment. They're trying to shift to those guys, and they're going to let the Democrats out, leave the Democrats out the hang because obviously it's not working. The, all the money is flowing into the, the Republicans, you know, in, into the, under the GOP side of the ledger. Trump is an important piece of the puzzle and that he's the one vetting and recruiting the right characters to go to run for office for senate for the house and whatnot i know he's probably positioning himself for 2024 run but i really wish he wouldn't um i think by 2020 by by the time that opens up i don't think he'll be a factor but i think that he'll be happy to let the democrats waste all their money trying to prevent him from becoming you know being a candidate on the ballot through all these this lawfare about you know everybody who was involved in january 6th is an insurrectionist and therefore is invalid under the 14th amendment or you know whatever like this is the that's failed obviously so that all those strategies have failed so they're they're staring at what they're trying to do now is trying to keep this from being a 100 seat loss in the house or 75 seat loss in the house they're trying to keep it to 40 so they can have something to work on but if they lose 70 and they lose five senate seats joe biden gets impeached Even though the majority, the quote unquote majorities aren't there. Because if you don't think that there's another 100 squishy members of Congress and 10 squishy senators in that political environment after that kind of historic wipeout, then you're terminally politically naive. It's not going to be a party line vote because none of the whips in either of the major parties are going to be able to whip their members in line at that point because they're all going to be staring at their futures going, my future isn't with Klaus Schwab and George Soros. My future is, unfortunately, with with the with the with the MAGA-tards. I, I got news for you, Mitch. You're 83 or whatever you are. You're done. Like you should resign now anyway. Like it's that's what should happen. And I think that it, even if it doesn't, it, it, even if it doesn't go that far after the midterms, what it does do is it sets up post 2024. And for someone to walk in, in the presidential race in 2024 to end this nonsense and go and run on a ticket of fiscal responsibility, balancing the budget. The Fed's not coming to our rescue. We need to cut spending. We need to cut all of this stuff. We need to reform entitlements. We need to cut $2 trillion out of the budget to pay for the rising interest rates. That's what's going to happen. And it'll all kind of lay itself out for the fed to then start cutting rates in the middle of 2020 in in late 2023 and give that guy the push necessary to get into office.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to um, steer away so much from politics. I mean, I, I, I share a lot of, I share a lot of your political views, but um, let's go, let's go into Bitcoin here. So I have been saying recently that, Unfortunately, because I come from a, you know, a ANCAP type background, yeah. a gold bug background. Um, I, I say right now, though, that what's good for the U.S. is actually good for Bitcoin. I because the, most of the Bitcoin, I would say, is uh, held by U.S. citizens or U.S. Uh, entities. And there's the biggest share of mining here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, venture capitals here. All mm-hmm. this stuff is here. And we actually have, the U.S. has been uh, quite friendly uh, on the grand scheme of things uh, to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what is your take on that statement that uh, what's good for the U.S. right now is good for Bitcoin? And then maybe how would you tease that apart a little bit?
1: Well, what I would say is I, I, I agree. It depends on you know, what you mean by the U.S. Like I, I think that it just depends on what you what the implications are. I think you laid it out nicely in your, in, in your, your opening there, right? Because those would be the points that I would have made. Right, That all the mining is coming in here, all the the regulatory situation here isn't the worst we've seen. It's not good, but it's not bad. Uh, Gensler's a problem. Uh, But at the same time, it's very clear to me that Wall Street, the part of Wall Street that is fighting Davos likes Bitcoin. Now, do they want to control it? Sure. Do you think Jamie Dimon wants Bitcoin running around to You know, challenge his his dollar. No, but you think you know. You think the Fed's ever going to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet? Not while I'm you know still lucid. But oh, okay, maybe maybe before I I I mean, sixty five isn't so ill. So I should still be lucid at sixty five. I give that about ten years, by the way, (laughs) FYI. Um, So I, I just think that those guys, yeah, I mean. We're starting to see the, the the movement in the regulatory situation. Like the CFTC the other day tried to come out and say, "Well, yeah, we think Ripple's a currency." Did you see that? Which is setting the which is setting the stage for the SEC to, you know, do a face-saving thing to allow Ripple out of you know because the Ripple uh, lawsuit was a was a poison pill by Jay Jay Clayton to stop Davos on his way out the door because Ripple is Davos coin. That's, that's Davos' preferred so a swift replacement, right? So do the math, and it's pretty clear that you've got forces within the, within the, the, the Wall Street that want to create a, swift repli- a crypto swift replacement that is under their control, but is absolutely friendly to the proof of work coins and Bitcoin in particular. I think that because they've all got money in this stuff now. They've all got money in mining rigs and you know, all the rest of it. Gensler is blo- actively blocking all the things that would make Bitcoin a real financial asset, i.e. on-chain settled futures or on-chain settled ETFs, sorry, excuse me, as opposed to futures contracts, you know, cash settle, uh ETFs, which only get, Gensler has, you know, still has no argument. This He just does it. He just says we can't have, it. he has no argument for it. So it's clear that, you know, in a post-Gensler, post-Biden-dominated environment, a post-Democrat-dominated Davos uh, environment here in the U.S., absolutely. If everything I'm I'm talking about comes to pass, Bitcoin is going to do very well here in the United States. It'll still be under control, though. Okay, Don't, don't kid yourself. The Wild West days of Bitcoin not being controlled by, you know, by Wall Street having, you know, some some control over the marginal flow through future paper futures and paper Bitcoins dudes, that cats out of the bag, unless something radically different changes, you know, in the Bitcoin community um, to stop that, that cats out of the bag. The good news is, well, we have good competitors out there who can take on the mantle that don't have that and can help Bitcoin survive that kind of pressure. I, I honestly see other proof of work style coins that have, you know, sit and have now significant histories that of blockchains are seven, eight, nine years old that have the ability now to 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 draw that type of capital in and support Bitcoin in its fight to take down the to take out the central banks. I think they're important strategically. That's why I'm not Bitcoin Maxi guys, but you guys, but you guys have heard that rant before. So um, I'm I, and I'm literally thinking purely strategically here in so many different ways i may now again i'm happy to be wrong about being a bitcoin maxi all these things but i think you're right in that the united states the the powers the the money guys in the united states understand that bitcoin is here to stay is an opportunity for them to sell products and keep the flow of money to them that they that you know they don't currently have under a zero bound Interest rate environment with the Fed and the the end and, and we're staring at the end of kind of central bank dominated debt-based currency. That's over, demand side economics is done, Keynesianism is going to be destroyed, Marxism is going to be destroyed. All of this stuff's going to be destroyed over the course of the next 10 to 15 years. Okay. All finally. And we're going to see the emergence of a of a different type of monetary system, which should be fairer and more inclusive and all the rest of it from our definitions, not theirs. And yeah. So I, I'm seeing that now, the foundations of that are being laid right now. And you, and so you're hoping that I'm right about all of this stuff, because if I'm right, all of this, will <laughs> then all of this will happen. And if I'm wrong, oh, it's going to be ugly. And it's gonna be awful. And your children are going to be chattel slavery. And it's going to be just awful. Um, that's, that's serious. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, I hope I'm right.
0: I really, yeah. do. Well, I, I'm, I'm less, uh, less bearish on that. I, I, my take on how uh, the like big wheel of time turns is Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you'll have some suffering maybe in the the short term, but usually we progress and usually we, um, are, you know, maybe not every generation is better than the last, but if you go out four or five generations, it's, it's better than the last. So, of um, now I have a question about Europe and the Euro in regards to Bitcoin. So, um, in your, uh, Narrative or your your theory of what's going on, uh, would a collapse in the euro, would that stimulate flight into not just U.S. De- uh, denominated assets but Bitcoin as well? Absolutely. Because we saw when capital flight was big yep. in China five years ago, it was real. Bitcoin was that was a big vector for Bitcoin. So uh, so you it see was your by the way. Yeah. So if you, you see remember, the same if coming? you
1: remember t- during two thousand and seventeen, the summer two thousand and seventeen, most of the Bitcoin. Flow because people were charting. I remember watching the 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 very early apps of charting the Bitcoin flow by IP address, and it was all it was all coming out of Europe because the capital controls were going on because there was a sovereign debt crisis in, in Greece in 2015, which hung over into 2016 and 2017. Like Europe was a mess in 2017. So absolutely, like I I, I just want you to, to prep. I have a downside target on the euro of roughly 70 cents. Okay, now roughly 70 cents on the euro is World War Three, unfortunately okay but that's my rough target and i think that that's a reasonable one i hope it only gets to 85 in that scenario bitcoin is going to do just fine okay because they the europeans are going to turn as disgustingly authoritarian as you could possibly imagine but there are ways around that everybody finds ways around it black markets are the way of the world and um you know, it is what it is. And it's good to go through these flushes that we've seen recently. Like it is good for these things to be for things like Terra, you know, Terra Luna to implode. I I, I oh, wonder yeah. about I wonder about something like Terra in the first place and wonder if it wasn't a Davos creation in order to, you know, do the Straussian two step. Stable coins are bad. Oh, look, a stable coin blew up. We need stable coin regulation. Like, what
2: was that, a billion
1: dollars? Like, give me a break. I think people print that shit for lunch. Like I, like, I look at this stuff and I'm like, why, why would anybody think anything other than that? Like, that should be your first base case when you look at something like this. I, I really, you know, that's why, that's why I get asked all the time by patrons and people like, what do you think of this corner? I have no idea. I haven't even heard of it. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching the crypto markets from that perspective. I just can't. Because I, most of it, if I if I were to if I were to spend my time dealing with that, I'd be like, oh, there's a vector for I me. Mean, I maybe I should have like I should have seen Luna for what it was immediately. But I just think that things like this are good for the the system because we have to go through stuff like this. It's look, it's it's a young, it's a, it's a young industry. Lots of money, you know, c- you know, attracts scammers. Scammers are everywhere. Like. It's normal. This is, this is stuff going back, you know, 10 years with Jenseth. Right? So it's like, we're not, it's nothing new, right? The numbers are just bigger today. That's all it is. But yeah. people are crying in their beer that Bitcoin's only 30,000. And I remind everybody that I put it in my portfolio for my newsletter in, a, you know, during the depths of the bear market, right, you know, in like early 2019, 2020, at $8,800 a coin. The breakout was, for, it was the, the breakout level of the beginning of the bull market was at 14,000. So even if you bought the breakout, the quarterly breakout in, in November of 2020, right? That week when it broke above 14 grand, even if you just bought the breakout, like I told all my patrons to do, you've still doubled your money in a year and a half. Like, are, and you're crying. You've yeah. doubled your money in a year and a half and you're crying. Like, really, please do cry me a river because you know, you're supposed to be looking for 8, 8% annually. You just got, you know, 65, please have a little, you know, perspective on this. So that's the, that's the thing we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. It was 67 and now it's 30. Shut up. Peter Schiff Uh, a year and a half ago, gold was 2100 and we're, you know, and now it's 18 and now it's
0: 1820. Right. Pete,
1: like, give me a break, dude. Like,
0: just, Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so Davos, they don't obviously hate, Bit- they ha- hate Bitcoin, but uh, they, don't, uh, they don't like the stable coins either. They're going more for a CBDC route. So yeah. what do you see uh, with is the ECB eventually going to have to try to abandon the euro yeah. and go for a CBDC euro? Uh, what, what do you see going there?
1: Yeah, no. What I what I what I see is very clear. I think it's it's not it's not hard. Um, I'm not, and I'm not saying anything you haven't heard. If you listen to Martin Armstrong or other or anybody else, I agree with all those people. Which is that look, it's very simple. They've made their plan very obvious. They've told you what it's going to be. They want to. George Soros has made this abundantly clear. They need to. They need to crash the European economy to a greater or lesser extent, make everybody desperate, and then say we will we're, we will alleviate all your debt. We will write it all down. We will issue perpetual debt at I don't know 50 basis points or whatever that way, but you're never getting paid back. Um, we'll put you on a, you know, $200 a year drip feed or whatever it is and half a percent drip feed. And there you go. And then we're moving you all to the digital euro and here's your UBI bucks. And, you know, cause we all think you're useless eaters and all you do is watch porn and play video games. Cause that's all you're capable of in this, um, in this new brave brave new world that we've built because we don't need you for anything else and and unfortunately we have to feed you because we're not allowed to kill you that's uh-huh. the way they that's <laughs> the way they think
0: yeah yeah so uh speaking I mean, of and Allison... i'm not
1: even like i'm not even being like, i hate to say when i put it like that bluntly it sounds <laughs> it sounds horrible and it sounds like i'm i sounds like i'm being it You're sounds joking. like i'm doing yeah. stand-up right but it's yeah. not this is <laughs> what they say
0: right well, these, these evil guys, they're meeting next week in Davos. Do you expect any big news items out of Davos next week? And also, um, I would like you to comment here uh, as we are wrapping up, getting close to the end here. Um, what about the, the, have you seen the headlines of the 44 central bankers that are meeting in El Salvador? And talking to the president of El Salvador about Bitcoin and all this stuff. So, can you kind of? I think it's interesting the timing. Davos is next yeah. week. This El Salvador thing is this week. Uh, can you maybe uh, connect some dots on that?
1: Sure. I mean, I saw the thing. I have the best. I say this all the time, and I'm going to shout out now. I have the best patrons in the world. We I run a private Slack server community for them, so we chat all day long, and I'm in. I'm in. I'm just in constant contact with the flow of information around the world from, you know, forty or fifty of my my hardcore patrons who were just in there all day long throwing information up so i saw the headline that bukele is you know convening the davos of bitcoin which i just laughed my ass off at because i'm like oh so nice to see your meme now like the like a 44 heads of state using my meme it's it just blows my mind right and it's so good to see and i think it's i think that guy is absolutely uh he's really cool i think it's great i also don't also if you remember just a note remember a couple of weeks ago how they were talking about how you know el salvador was in trouble financially because bitcoin had dropped so far you don't think that they didn't run an operation on bitcoin for this purpose of trying to bankrupt the el, Sa- el salvador because uh, you know, i mean because they tried to get off the reservation like the confessions of an economic hitman by john perkins it's everybody should read it's the bible of the 21st century like if you don't know how that how this stuff works like then you know you, you can't you can't properly assess the news so watching that occur watching El Salvador stand up you know you're seeing the same kind of thing going well Michael Saylor over MicroStrategy is going to get a margin call if it drops below 28 grand no he's going to have to put some more money in like he can put money, you know he he can go do a cash call to his investors you know he's got he's got working capital they can go down to 28 bitcoin can go down to 2800 bucks that's not going to 2800 like there won't be a coin to be had at 2800 so I'm a buyer of $2,800. I mean, come on. I'm kidding. Um, so I think it's fantastic that they're doing that. And I think that Bukele is like, you know, he's thumbing his nose at Davos by saying, yeah, we're going to have the Davos of Bitcoin a week before your your big thing where you're all talking about how you're going to have the WHO, you know, take over the world and abrogate all our sovereign governments. Like, But the WHO treaty that's going to get signed next week, this is this thing is actually the scary one that's on the on the table because now the WHO will be able to turn... That's what they want is to be able to usurp your government's constitutions in order to enact global health policy. And they're going to turn that over to the UN as the enforcement arm. That's the means by which they're going to do this. They're moving forward with their plans. Even though their plans are failing, they're going forward with it anyway. This is what I've been warning people about for two years. Like these people are not going to be deterred. They've been building this idea in their head for since the Club of Rome first met in 1850. For Christ's sake, they've got a plan. They're going to execute it, and you know, no, you know, no pesky Hungarian voters who refuse to get rid of Viktor Orbán are going to stop them from doing so, or whatever it is, or American voters voting for Trump, or you know, people wanting to buy, you know, wanting to heat their homes and will, being willing to pay for you know Russian gas with rubles as opposed to euros. None of these things are going to stop deter them they will just improvise as best they can to to stay on to get everything back on the path as we stray off the path they improvise a little bit to push everybody back on the path i'm not saying that they're going to reach their path the, the end of their path the end of their goal i don't think they're going to and i think that that's the most dangerous situation of all which is that they unleash as much you know of the as much chaos as possible as these two forces you know meet and explode i think that's that's the that's what the rest of the decade looks like to me mean literally so i don't have any good i don't have any good news for you other than you know that's what it looks like on the other side of it it's gonna look fine but it's gonna be ugly between now and then so you know
0: all righty um a i wanted to open it up to questions here real quick from the live stream crew do you guys have any questions here for tom
2: yeah i've got one real quick so tom this has been uh, i always love hearing your rant
0: it's it's great so I guess a lot of Bitcoiners and probably your community and a couple other communities that say more niche communities have been calling out the WEF, the IMF, all these different organizations. I guess when does the broader or normies as Bitcoiners refer, when do they wake up? You know, we're obviously seeing record level inflation, gas prices, housing, and all that. When they're saying you need to eat bugs, you need to use less energy. When do the normie people say, screw you guys, up yours. Like, yeah,
1: we're not you screw doing you guys, that. I'm going home, right? Yeah. Like, like the Cartman thing, screw
0: you guys, I'm going
2: home um i think I it's just, I, think the, I think i think it's the, what's that i said i always knew i liked you for some reason but <laughs> it was the fact that you can just quote south park is off. Continue, continue with the rant um,
1: now <laughs> so uh, rant back on no no problem um i think it's just, i think the midterms are going to be your 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 moment by the way fyi q um for years on my as my avatar on the internet before I ever put my face on the internet there if you guys remember back in the early days of the internet South Park published the make your own South Park character Well, all of my friends and I we all made self-portraits I won I got taken out to dinner I used that for years I uh, one of these days ask me uh, answer I'll send you a copy of it it's hilarious by the way um Thank but Christian yeah it's me God. with it me with an AK-47 and a shirt that says bastard it's just it's just you know the bags under my eyes its, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, maybe
0: so, we'll put it on the cover image for this uh, standalone
1: video. <laughs> Fair enough, okay. dude. Please I, do. So, I
0: need
2: so, Ansel, like, if you get that picture, send it because that is absolutely happening.
1: All right, um, no, no worries. It's, it's, I want to throw a question
2: at sure. both of you because Ansel, like, thank you for the treat of Bitcoin and Markets. I got to wake up to you this morning and read an extra edition of it. Um, but last week, you kind of brought up something. Throughout this conversation, Tom, I kind of feel like you're taking a different stance on this, Sure, Um, but I'm curious, just sort of short-term projections based on the way the market is performing today, it looks like we'll get a follow-through day so we could be out of this bear market in a sense. Uh, I'm curious what your short-term horizon looks like. I know you've marked, um, sorry, you marked the midterms as sort of this moment where you could potentially see decoupling but what does summer 2022 look
1: like Uh, okay this is very simple guys go put just take put up a monthly chart of bitcoin i tend to use investing.com's index for all my cryptos because it's the best kind of aggregate you can get of all the you know i don't know what their heuristic is or what their algorithm is but it's it's going to be reasonably decent go look at a monthly chart go look at the lows from last summer if we close may below that below you know the twenty nine thousand area we're going to 20 that's what i'm telling everybody no argument if we if they can break down on a closing monthly closing basis 20 we we're going to go back to 20 and then really? we'll bounce off and we'll bounce off at of 20 whether or not we whether or not that becomes like an emotional low or a spike low or we actually go down there and stay there I mean, we can i mean look we can have a liquidity spasm general market this summer okay the dollar is rising quickly okay everybody right now we're in a fear mode everybody's selling everything to get the cash Okay. So you've, everything is trading in a dollar liquidity situation and there's the world is still biblically short dollars. It's very important to understand that there's still $70 trillion worth of dollar denominated debt out there that has to be serviced. Okay. And it's now being serviced at a higher, at higher rates than it was before the cost of getting those dollars is higher than the, than it's been in a while. And as that reverses, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying just be, just watch it's right. It's, it's good. Right. And especially the monthly chart right now is really, really telling because I mean, I look at the monthly chart and I'll tell you what I see. I see a high into the, into the 68,000 earlier this year, or, um, at the end of last year, and then a three bar downtrend, which doesn't throw a technical reversal signal because it doesn't close below that, that, that last up bar in, when is that, uh, October, right. We come into January, November, January. We finally get a reversal signal. We get a two-bar uptrend, which cannot break the January high. And that failure to break the January high in March set up the wipeout that we, were talk- we have now. This is exactly what I said to Ansel earlier today. We, we had a, they had a successful defense of 45 grand, which ha- you could see as clear as day on the weekly chart. And had we broken above, and Bitcoin broken above that, shorts would have started to cover. We'd have flipped and gone long. We'd have gone back to 51. And we destabilized between 51 and 39 on the downside. We didn't do that. We now, we now, you know, now we went down to 33. 33 didn't hold, now 29's got to hold. It. 29 doesn't hold, look at the monthly chart. Like we're, we're looking at a, a two bar reversal of that failed, you know, of that, of that dead cat, what effectively is a dead cat bounce from February and uh, February and March. So like, I, technically I look at the market, just, it's a brutal downtrend right now, but, the, but I got news for you. The Dow doesn't look any better. The euro have you looked at the monthly chart of the euro
2: you guys were talking i was literally just looking at monthly charts yeah like, there is nothing absolutely nothing that really looks like you have an opportunity here and yeah. then you zoom into a daily chart you see some opportunities and then you have to remind yourself oh no always not in the monthly always, chart. always
1: always 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 look at, always think about things. It's one thing I can teach anybody about investing because I've done this so wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking from many years of experience in making and doing this the wrong way. You have to match your time frame that you're looking at with the time horizon of your investment. So do not look at daily charts. If you are a hodler, you should be looking at monthly, quarterly, and annual charts, period, nothing more. Your monthly charts are your momentum charts. They're your day trading charts. Your quarterly charts are the ones you should really be fo- focusing on to see where the thing is going. And then you get confirmatory signals and with, you know within the annual chart. Right now, if you want to see the most powerful chart in the world right now, go construct yourself an annual chart, which will be hard to find because most places will give you a monthly breakdown. Go, go build a 50-year chart, annual chart of the US 10-year bond and tell me what you say because i know what i see okay i see something that most people who are alive today have never seen which is a bear market in u.s treasury day we have bond traders in this world who are 60 who are approaching social security who have never traded a bear market in u.s treasury securities do you think that imprinting is affecting the way they look at the world? I, I remember hearing that from I don't know someone I can't remember who maybe it was Harry Dent or something like 15 years, 20 years ago he was talking about this. Like, there isn't a bond trader under the age of 50. I've been saying the same thing for this long now. Now like I gotta say there isn't a bond trader under the age of 70 who's ever lived through a bear market in U.S. Treasury debt. And yet, if we break and hold 3% or so, even 2.7%, but let's just call it 3% on the 10 year to end June, the end of the quarter. Oh, Katie, bar the door, dude, we're going to 7%. There's, there's tomorrow, a- But we're going there. We're gonna see, see a rise in US interest rates that, we've never, that we haven't seen in, you know, since the 1970s. But and there's, there's and a- that's,
2: really-
1: a, that's a loss of confidence. And when the loss of confidence happens, that's when safe haven assets shine. But right now, everybody who's in charge, is in power, is trying to tell you, abandon all hope, ye who enter safe havens. So they're beating on Bitcoin, they're beating on gold, they're beating on silver, they're beating on everything. They're beating on all of it. Why? To tell you, don't leave. Don't get out. You don't have anywhere to go okay they're like the robots at the end of thx 1138 don't leave you have nowhere else to go and he climbs up and out and, and walks out of the cave right at the end of the movie same that's metaphorically what's going on here like they're they're this is all big psyop in that respect and so once you once you see the way they operate once you see the way the world operates you can't unsee it and it's like you can see it in the, all across all of these charts but big charts annual um, quarterly, monthly they aggregate so much human behavior that they give you a really clear picture of what's going on. Daily charts are noisy. Hourly charts, noisy. We even weekly charts are kind of noisy. That's hard. What? And that's hard one knowledge. That's like 25 years of doing this crap. And I finally am getting good at it. And I still make mistakes all the time.
0: I'm uh, obviously less short-term bearish. Uh, I do see 90, probably 95% of the things that you're seeing out there, but I, I think that all that would be needed for a monster uh, rally from oversold conditions, both in Bitcoin and in stocks and stuff, uh, would be one headline from Powell, mm-hmm. you know, one dovish, sure. even, a, even a two-week press where they say, oh, maybe we've overdone it, and that would, stocks would rally, uh, Bitcoin but they, would rally. But, so, they can't, but, but they can't do that at this point,
1: because if they do that, then they, they torch what's left of their credibility the Fed's in a credibility game right now and they know it. When the Fed mentions the fact that they don't think that their credibility has been, has been damaged by all of this, their, their credibility has been damaged by all of this. Like nothing is, you know, nothing is real until it's been denied officially. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and, and so, and I am not and I don't disagree with you, Manson. Like, yes, if the Fed were to do that, absolutely, there'd be a big rally. I just don't think that that's what's going to come. If it does come, it's not going to come until after at least one more rate hike. I think what you may see is at the June rate at the June meeting that as opposed where everybody is now talking about 75 basis points and the Fed has already ruled out 75 basis points on 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 a meeting to meeting basis that they go 50 and hold to their guns and say, no, really, we're not interested in doing 75, that that may be enough to to make everybody, I think, you know, get to lessen everybody's anxiety. The real issue here is that we have, we, we just had. It's like you asked earlier. You asked earlier when are the normies going to wake up. Chris asked earlier when are the normies going to wake up. Well, it's we got to get the financial normies to wake up. They still think that the Fed is going to raise a couple of times and then stop. And I'm like, no, nope, they're going to go. Okay, but if they, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll own it and I'll go. Okay, well then I was wrong. But if I am right, then. Um, every time the Fed doesn't come to their rescue, another 10, 15, 20% of the financial normies have to then let go of their old illusions. Think of it this way. The Fed has a credibility problem. The Fed has to now regain, has to enter a bull market. How do you, how do you enter a bull market? Bull markets always rise or climb a wall of worry. I'm not going to like speak metaphorically speaking. Why do you climb a wall of worry? Because everybody was bearish Everybody and everybody who's bearish is short, and they don't want to believe that their thesis is wrong. And, the, and every time we move through another layer of resistance, we, we flip yet another small portion of the population from bearish to bullish. And we, every time you go, you overcome another technical hurdle. That's why breaking highs and breaking lows are so very important because they, they represent emotional extremes in the market. The supply of buyers overwhelming the supply of sellers. The supply of sellers overwhelming the supply of buyers. So think of it this way: the Fed now has to climb a wall of worry in their con- in everybody's confidence of them, and they're going to continue doing so. And every time they do so, they will flip another portion of the investment community from bearish on the you know bullish on the Fed's accommodative uh, nature to bearish, and. That will change their investing habits. That will change the money flow. That will change, 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 change. I think we're at the beginning of a potential bear market in US, US uh, Treasury debt. And everybody wants to talk about when the Fed's going to go back to the zero bound. As far as I'm concerned, that's like everybody's saying, <laughs> Bitcoin 225. No, really, it's tomorrow. Same thing.
0: Yeah. And well, no one I- wants
1: to think of you know, the, the opposite, which is it, it could go back to 30
0: well, Tom, it's been a wide ranging show, and a very entertaining and fun show. Always great to have you on. Um, do you have any final words or do you want to tell the folks where they can uh, get onto your website uh, and follow you on Twitter?
1: Sure. I, I'm, you can follow me on Twitter at TFL1728, where I am uh, hopefully entertaining, but usually just a jackass. Um, and uh, I'm just... just- mr snark and uh and on the website is tom or goldgoatsandguns.com either one will get you there and then from there you can branch off into you know whatever else you uh
0: you want to listen to watch support however you want to do it great everybody i'm ansel linder you can follow me at ansel linder on twitter and go to bitcoinandmarkets.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter q everybody back to you guys